I joined um, the group back in 2015 and I left last year it hasn't been a year yet and june will be a year since i've left a year since you left and you said you joined in 2015 yes my experience and my story is a little bit different from most people i would say um the funny thing is, and I was kind of reluctant to even do this because um, I was previously in the church, which was another cult. Okay. Um, and I was there for, I think, about three, four years. And towards the end of that, it was just a lot of chaos and just not where I needed to be, period. And so... Um, I remember asking God like to make a way for me to leave because it was like we've dealt with a lot of spirituality like that one was like kind of worse because like I thought I was worshiping God but really I was worshiping Satan type of cult and so when I finally got out um, you know the people that I knew um, like were still in that cult and you know i saw them you know they were earnestly seeking god too and all that and i wanted to move on from that and also seek god for myself but with a different church and um one day i was at the mall and this was back in florida um in tampa and i i was at the mall there and two people just like came up to me and was like hey um they didn't necessarily say have you heard about god the mother but it was something about the female spirituality like they basically asked me the question in a way that caught my attention i was like no i've never heard of that and at that time i was seeking for a new church so i was like why not they invited me to bible study so i was like why not and i went to bible study and that's basically how it started okay do you do you mind telling what the name of the other cult is or is that something you would um celestial church of christ celestial church of christ Mm -hmm. i haven't even heard of that one so yeah they're small um yeah they were based from um derived from africa so it's this one is different interesting (laughs) yeah Yeah, i've never Mm -hmm. heard of that but so you you were out of that specific group for not very long before you got into the church of God, right? Correct. So I guess what, um, what kind of happened at that, that initial Bible study? Do you remember kind of what, what you went over and kind of what your, what were your feelings about it at that point? And why did you decide, uh, obviously you decided to, become a member so what was it about the those that initial meeting or the the following um meetings that made you want us to uh stay in that group yeah um mainly because i was looking for a new church home but i remember the day that i actually the first day that we went um it was actually me and um my boyfriend at the time we both went um and it was a sabbath day i didn't know they were having like i didn't know anything about the sabbath or anything like that 
So um, when we pulled up at the parking lot, it was like a lot of people and we dressed casual. But then we saw like people were dressed up in suits and all that stuff. And we we're like, I thought she said Bible study. Like, what is this? Are we, are we at the wrong? I mean, you know, it just caught me off guard. So then um, we yeah. So we went in and we we got to um, go through the third service. So the third service, it was kind of, I saw some similarities with like the first church that I was in because like they also separated men and women. So when I saw that, you know, the men were separated and the females were also separated, I was like, okay. And they also covered their heads. And I was like, okay, um, that's something that I was used to. But then when they started singing new songs and then they started saying mother and I was like, mm -hmm. mother who? <laughs> <laughs> and so I just sat through the whole service and after service, um, you know, that was the first thing I asked. I was like, so you guys are seeing about mother. Who is this mother? Is this Virgin Mary? And they're like, no, we're about to study about her. And um, the first study that we did was the secret forgiveness of sin and Christ on Sung Home. And um, that blew my mind. And then, I mean, I stayed there for like maybe three hours. We were just like literally studying. Yep. Um, we studied about the Sabbath. Um, I didn't know about the Sabbath. And um, we studied about mother. And that same day I got baptized. Okay. So you found their doctrines compelling. Yes. Very. Okay. So... I guess, um, and this, this might be jumping a little bit ahead, but I'm curious at, at kind of what point in your journey, I'm, I'm trying to ask more members of this because I'm just curious kind of as far as what I'm doing with this channel, what sort of impact that's having. And so I'm curious, at what point did you come across Great Light Studios? It, were you still a member uh, when you first yeah. came across our videos? And, and I guess I, what, what was your reaction to them at first? Um, <laughs> the funny thing is I was never like, I, I was the obedient one. You know, they always told us not to look up on the internet, even like, I mean, after I got baptized, I looked up, I looked up the church, but I didn't see too much about the church that was like alarming. Um, so then like during the years and all that stuff, you know, I got more indoctrinated and, you know, they told us not to look up online about things about the church, yada, yada, yada. Um, so I never did. And I remember, you know, mother used to say basically looking up online is like giving Satan a kiss on the cheek or betraying her or something like that. So, yeah, I never uh, wanted to look online anything about the church. Mm -hmm. But it was during the pandemic. It was during the pandemic where like, things started to shift because we were not at the church anymore. I was not at the church every day to be like indoctrinated, like doing the same things over and over again. Like I actually had time to reflect on myself as an individual outside of their influence. And um, on Instagram, I actually followed the hashtag WMSCOG and I saw you <laughs> on the hashtag yeah. and it okay. was nothing positive so i remember yeah. blocking you your page so i would okay. not come across it anymore yeah. 
Um, but I saw, I don't know, like it was just when things just didn't start making sense. And, and I, I came across your YouTube video. I saw, I watch more of your YouTube videos, but I, I watch a couple, a couple of, um, Mike Winger. I think that's his name too. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, but yours were more compelling because it was people like me, like members, like I was listening to their stories, even though I didn't know them, but I knew exactly how they felt and what they were going through. And I could relate to that. So it was mainly like the members sharing their story mm -hmm. that like kind of like woke me up basically. Wow. Do you remember, was it a particular member's story or was it just sort of a conglomeration of a bunch of them? Did, is there one in particular that sticks out to you? Kelsey's like and Jordan's. Okay. Jordan Young and, and Kelsey's. Okay. And Kelsey, yeah. Good. Well, they'll be, they'll be happy to, to hear that, I'm sure. Um, yeah. yeah. So what, what was it about their stories, I guess, that resonated with you? Um, with Kelsey, it's just her, like the whole thing about being burned out and her giving constantly giving, you know, and, um, uh, with Jordan, you know, he was in a higher position. He was a deaconess, a deacon. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, so for me to like, you know, hear that from someone who was in a higher position in the church and all the things that he, uh, basically gave up for the church and the things that he had to do. And that's kind of like, that's where I was heading basically because I was in a house church. I wasn't in a, you know, the big buildings. I was just in a house church. So I was being groomed to become a group leader. And I saw like how they were basically trying to, I just, I didn't want to become a group leader. I felt like they, being a group leader is just trying to be in everybody's business. And that's not me. Like that, that has nothing to do with me. So I can see, I can relate with like the stories that both of them shared and how like it reflect with what I was going through at the time. Okay. So what, what were, I guess, then some of those experiences? Can you share some of the experiences that you had in the church? Some of the things that you saw um, that bothered you? Yes. Um, oh man, it's so many of them. Yeah, I bet. Uh, well, the first one, um, is I was, like I said, I was in a, a house church and we were small and I was the first member of that church <laughs> um, since it got established. So they wanted me to become a group leader. So I would study, you know, preach, practice, go preaching. I was a faithful tither. Um, I was basically doing everything that according to the Bible that I was supposed to be doing. But um, since we didn't have a group leader and I was basically the perfect candidate to be like a female group leader and I would see what my church leader would do. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. So I would purposely not want to finish my sermon books so that I would not hear, Oh, you're a group leader now. Now you have to like keep tabs on what everybody's doing, what's going on in their lives you know, like just person, their personal business, because she was also doing that to me. 
and I didn't like that. So that's one. And the second one was just like how um, the leaders just always fighting um, because, and for me, I think it's because not, I think, I know because the arranged marriages, like I saw um, a different perspective on like arranged marriages. You know, I feel like if they were not, if they met like on the street somewhere, they would not, they would never marry each other because they're not compatible, but they would be like, yeah, it was just the constant, not in agreement with each other because they're two different people. And I didn't want that to be my life. Like it was hard for me to even date. Um, and I didn't want that to be me at all. Um, so that's one or two. Um, just being robotic, uh -huh. like how they're so robotic about everything. Like I just, yeah, it was just not me. Yeah. Did you notice that while you were still a member, the robotic kind of nature or, or was it afterwards that you noticed that? Yeah. Even while I was a member, I remember um, like I would bring people to study, you know, and <laughs> before if they agreed to come and I know they're actually coming, I would tell them, Hey, don't be weird out. You know, if they start saying, God bless you, blah, blah, blah. I didn't know it was long love bombing then, but I know now it's love bombing, but I would tell them ahead of time, Hey, don't be weird out. If they say God bless you for everything, or like they're just up in your face, just smiling at you saying, God bless you. You know, they're just really nice and all that stuff. You know, like I would just tell them ahead of time so that they would not be weirded out. But I hated that. I'm like, why can't you guys just be normal? Just say hi. Or like someone say hi to them. They can say hi back. Oh, God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> it just takes out the real meaning behind the word God yeah. bless you because you say it so much. It's like you just say it, not because you mean it, but just yeah. because that's what you say, you know, yeah. and I, I, that, I hated that. That's uh, I mean, I see that. For one thing, I saw that when I, I went into a um, one of the churches years ago here in, in Wichita and, you know, we would, I, we couldn't get through the building. They're showing us through the building and, and we probably heard God bless you 50 times. <laughs> um, but even today, you know, on the YouTube channel, what's ironic is, is members will come onto the comments and they'll say things like, you know, they'll basically write out in the comments, this whole curse of like, you know, you guys are blinded by Satan. You're on your way to hell. You guys are liars and de deceivers and, and the judgment of God is coming upon you. And then they'll end it by saying, God bless you <laughs> at the end, <laughs> as if like that means anything. And so it just shows how like exactly what you're saying, robotic and forced it is. They're not they're not saying that because they mean anything by it right. or because it means anything to them. They're, they've just been programmed to say that. Yeah. Did you, um, I guess did you see those sort of behaviors in, in other members and were you able to recognize, I guess, that that was just fake and empty or, or did you kind of feel like maybe, um, I don't, I guess, did you kind of start to, to participate in that as well? And do you feel like you noticed yourself becoming robotic? Yeah, I, I was one of them. Yeah. Because 
um, since I was the first member, I was there for like since the beginning, you know, so basically I would mimic what they would do um, unknowingly. And sometimes like when I'll catch myself doing it and I'm like, okay, like just try to act normal, you know, but then um, I became robotic at the same time because when you're so indoctrinated, you become that <laughs> It's not even you anymore, you know? It's like my personality versus the things that they've instilled in my head or like constantly fighting with each other, you know? Like I want my personality to come out, but at the same time, I'm so like indoctrinated that I don't even know who I am, if that makes sense. Yeah, so it's totally. like, yeah, I just, I just go with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you do develop sort of this, alternate identity um, in, in the cult. You have this whole separate person that you become um, and you have to, you kind of, kind of learn to suppress that person who you really are. Um, yeah. And so how did that work itself out? I guess in your life, <laughs> I didn't have any friends anymore. Mm -hmm. I, um, my family, it just made us even more distant. Um, like I, I'm generally, I'm a shy person. I'm a very shy person and awkward at times. So um, the awkwardness was like times 10, at least for me. Um, but then the shyness, not so much because like I had the courage to just go in front of random people and start preaching to them. Um, but then because, you know, when I became so invested in this, like my whole life, revolved around this church so you know my friends i would try to preach to them so much to the point where like they don't even want to talk to me anymore because they know what i'm about to say and even when i'll try to like just have or pretend to just want to talk to them there's nothing for me to talk to them about because like in my eyes i'm like i need to save you i need to save you so like i would pretend to just wanting to talk to them but really i'll just try to catch them so I can preach to them. So yeah, I had no friends. Um, my family members, um, I come from a Christian background. My dad is a pastor. So that itself, yeah, is just, just a lot of disconnection. I was disconnected from everything and everyone. It was just me against them. Did you have any discussions with your dad? Did he ever kind of try to have discussions about the Bible and differing opinions about how to interpret different verses? Um, no, not really. Towards the end, I, I know I tried because I wanted him to actually come to um, a study. But then, like, I thank God it never happened. But I never did because, like, in my eyes, I grew up in church. Um, and I think that's what a lot of people who are still in the church can relate to, like the us versus them mentality. The fact that I grew up in church, like I've experienced everything that, you know, Christians, you know, I've experienced Christianity the way that most people would say, OK, this is how the Bible or everything should be or whatever. But like for us, it's like, well, we've experienced what you're trying to tell us we're doing wrong but you haven't experienced what we're telling you that you're doing wrong if that makes sense mm -hmm. so it's like i've been through it 
but you haven't been through what I've been through. So how can you tell me like I'm wrong, if that makes sense? Mm -hmm. So So that's what um, you felt about your dad and having discussions with, with him or other Christians even. Basically. Yes. And, um, you know, I've studied the watch out for false prophets so many times. Um, I remember at the beginning, it didn't really settle well with me because I'm like, I know my dad, like my dad is the most generous person. You know, he's so care, um, like he's so selfless, basically. That's that's not my dad. Like he really wants people to to be saved. Like, you know, he's a genuine person. But then because it got so beat up in my head, like I actually came to like accept that my dad was a false prophet. And that was like something that was really hard for me to. Wow. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. It, it, um, it kind of takes you to a place where you can't even really see the people in, in front of you, uh, the people that you love, you, all your relationships begin to have to be filtered through the world mission society church of god lens and so kind of like you're saying you can't even see you can't see the person anymore you just see a project or you see either somebody who the church teaches you to demonize and to say this this person is evil and they have some underlying you know satanic influence or something that's going on where they're just bad and dangerous or this person just needs you to fix them by sh- showing them the, the the gospel and getting them to join the church and, and whatnot. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it just kind of disconnects you, I feel like, from being able to have real legitimate relationships, which is, yeah, hard and, and, and probably something that um, I hope that you're now that you're out, you're getting some of those those relationships restored yeah little by little and that's another reason why i wanted to do this because i'm sorry no it's okay it's just this this has damaged a lot of my relationships and I, i haven't even had the courage to tell my parents i know they know Mm-hmm. But I haven't like sat down with them and tell them this is what happened. This is what I, I went through and I'm no longer part of this anymore. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that they're not fully aware that you even necessarily what you were involved in? No. <laughs> okay. Okay. No. Yeah. Well, yeah, that would be. No, you're okay. That, that will be. Um, big news for them to learn but also a lot of relief to know that that you um, yeah you found your way out of it yeah it is crazy because I never thought this would be me you know I was so like I really for me I really felt like that church was the truth quote unquote the truth as they say I remember um, one day um we were having some type of event and um it was on a saturday but it was in between service so i went but i had to go back and i remember um on my way back my brother was like 
so what is it with you like why can't you just stay like if you miss one sabbath are you gonna die and i said yes i'm going to die that's how like i firmly believe like i'm like i'm going to die spiritually if i miss a sabbath so yes and i remember in the back of my head i was like the day that you don't see me you should be worried you should actually be worried if you see me not keeping a sabbath Mm -hmm. you know so i never i I never even thought like i would be here telling you my story and telling like not being involved in that church anymore like i never thought this would be me like i remember also my church leader telling me stories about you know uh, pastors leaving the truth the truth um and all of that and that used to be so shocking to me i'm like how can they leave the truth you know and i would pray to mother and i would be like mother please like don't ever let me leave the truth please help me remember like why you saved me in the first place if i ever think about leaving the truth like i really like i never I really believe this. I really believe what I the this group had the truth. Like this is the the way that everyone in the world needs to follow. You know. Yeah, I and think that's good for people to hear because I think a lot of a lot of members. Another thing that you know, you former members who are speaking out, one response that the the current members will come into the comments and, and say, I've I've seen this often, is that you know, well, you weren't ever really a true member or something like that. Like you didn't ever really believe or, or something to that extent. I've heard that thrown around sometimes. And, but I think you, what, what you're saying, and I think what, what people should be able to hear from, from what your story is, is that you were, you really believe this. And really probably in many, in, in many ways, um, you, you did not want to be where you're at today. You know, you didn't, no. You didn't want it. I don't. Yeah, not in a million. Like, if you would tell me uh, two years down the line, like, I would not be in this group anymore, like, I'd be like, you lying. Because I'm like, I'm like one that that was ready. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, I believe so much. Like, I was, if I had to die for the truth, I would die for the truth, you know? And I suppose, actually, you sent me, you emailed me some photos that I'll probably have um, pulled up on the screen um, of you um, preaching. I know there's a couple of you preaching. I think it looked like it, in Walmarts and um, at, at somebody's door. And so, you know, unless you just took the time to go out and stage photos. <laughs> yeah, you, you, are, you are a real member. You believe this. You didn't want to leave. And yet here you are. But I I just think right now about the people who are, you know, probably in similar shoes as you were not too long ago. Current members that for whatever reason are right now watching this video or listening to this podcast, wherever they're at and listening to this story, probably feeling all sorts of emotions right now of fear and confusion and um, all sorts of stuff. What, I guess, what would you say right now to a member who you can think that is, is, you know, feeling and thinking the same things that you were not too long ago, listening to these sort of stories? What, what would you say to them, I guess, to encourage them first to just keep listening and hear you out? Um, yeah, but what, what would you say to them? 
I would say listen to your heart, like leave, just leave. Um, but I can understand why some of them are hesitant because um, for me, and that's probably what some of them are feeling too, there was like different stages of that went on that led to me leaving. So the first one I had, you know, my doubts and things that were not making sense and they knew about them and all of that. And so my spirit was gone. Like I would keep, I would be keeping Sabbath and third days. I was just basically doing it out of routine. But then as soon as service was over, like I'm out, like my, my spirit was no longer there. And the reason that I was still there because, you know, there's that study that says apart from me, who will, apart from me, you can't do nothing. So a lot of members, they were probably thinking, well, if I'm not in the World Mission Society Church of God anymore, then like, where do I go? Where else like could I go? And that was the thing that kept me there for the, the most when I was just checked out already because I'm like, well, where am I going to go? I need to find another church. But then um, it was the Sabbath because I, I, I strongly believed in the Sabbath. And I'm like, where am I going to find another church that I'm going to keep the Sabbath? You know, there's there's no other churches that really keeps the Sabbath. So what? And so I, I stayed there, but then I realized, no, Bernie, you don't have to go anywhere. Like, take this time for yourself, heal, like, you know, realize what you went through. You know, you basically wasted, gave your life good years to this church for that long. You don't have to go anywhere. So that's why I left when I realized, no, I don't have to go anywhere if I leave the church of God. So I left and I'm still not going anywhere. So it's okay. So this is what I would say to members that are still pondering, like, should I leave or should I not? Should I stay? You don't have to go to another church. Look at me. Like, I'm fine. Like, I am living my best life after leave, living the, the, the World Mission Society Church of God. You know, like people would think, oh, if they leave, something bad is going to happen to them. That's actually the same thing that my church leader told me. You know, they came to my house and said, um, well, I know things are going to be hard for you because you decided to leave. And I was like, OK. Thank you. But here I am, you know, I have great opportunities ahead of me. Like, don't waste your life. Yeah. on this group that's what I would say like listen to your heart if you feel like the things that you're experiencing are not right leave because you don't have to seek another church for you to feel like you're doing something right with your life I don't see lightning striking you I don't see a plague of frogs <laughs> in the background I don't see a plague of, of locusts or darkness um, no. I see somebody who looks like you know you've, you've come out of something hard but you you look happy and I, I would assume you you are more free inside and outside than you have been in a long time very much um, so and I'm so glad you brought that up because I that is that is probably the number one question I get asked from, I think, members who are on the verge of leaving is where where do I go? If we leave this church, then what? And there's sort of this assumption behind that question that 
um, even even within the you know the the Christian thought and belief that there has to be like one there's one church out there one organization mm-hmm. who has to have it all right and I got to find that one church and I think that's just a that's just a a false assumption um, mm-hmm. that I don't think is true I think you're going to find elements of truth in a lot of different groups, but I, I guarantee you're never going to find one group who's got a monopoly on all the truth, <laughs> who has it all figured out. Um, yeah. And I think just look at Christianity itself, look at all the thousands of, you know, denominations and uh, different, different ways of interpreting the Bible and differences of doctrines and, and realize that, um, yeah, nobody has this all figured out. And I think that's okay. I think if God wanted us to be 100% clear, he would have made it a little bit more easy for us to come all to the same conclusions about things. But I think you're, you're absolutely right. It is, it is totally fine and good to do what you're doing and to say, you know what, for a little bit, I'm just going to step back. I'm mm-hmm. not going to go anywhere. And you know what, if you do that, again, lightning's not going to strike you. You're going to be okay. And, you know, if God is the loving father who the Bible talks about that he is, then why would the burden be on you or on me to figure out how to find him, right? Isn't Mm -hmm. he supposed to be the shepherd who comes and seeks us and finds us? So it's, it's, it's not your job to make sure you figure out the right place to be and the right place to go and you get all the things right or else, you know, you're going to get blasted into hell. Um, that's if, if, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's the God that we see in the Bible. The God of the Bible, it, you know, what Jesus explains to us is that he's like a shepherd who I think seeks after those who are lost. And it's, I don't think it's our job to, to have to figure that out. Um, right. And so I think you're, you're in a great place. And, um, you know, I've heard of members who put their Bibles away for years because they just, they can't even look at their Bible without it triggering all these emotions and these thoughts yeah. that, that the WMSCOG instilled in them. And so anyways, yeah, I, I, I'm really glad you shared that because I know so many, so many people have that question um, that right. they're just wrestling with. So. And that's a good point. Um, you know, like it's, it shouldn't be a burden to me to, if I'm earnestly seeking God for me to like, you know, just go out there and put myself like trying to find God when God knows that I'm seeking him, you know? And that was one of the things towards the end too, because, you know, you get that, you get, you heard, you hear that all the time. Like, you know, this church is the truth. Like we, we should be so, we're so blessed because we're the only church in the world who has the truth. And in my head, you know, towards the end, it just didn't resonate with me anymore because I'm like, there's always two sides to every story. You know, you say that we're the truth, but you guys withhold information from your members. So how are you the truth? But then you withhold, we purposely withhold information from your members because you don't want it to come to the light, but yet you all, you just want to people to just accept and hear your side of the story. What about their side? You know? And I just, I, it just, it just didn't sit well with me. I'm like, there's always two sides of every story. You know, it's not just about you guys because I'm sure the same way that, you know, 
people that are in the world mission society church of god thinks like oh they have the truths trust me the same feelings and emotions that you feel inside another group will feel the same thing towards what they believe if they think that it is the truth so that is a that is such a good point such a good point that you know for those of you and i mean and that's the case for any any group that's something that's hit me so hard because we all you know as religious people we all get into these states of mind uh and emotions where we think you know we we sort of self comfort we comfort ourselves with this this thought this reminder of i'm i'm in the truth Mm -hmm. i've got it right i'm the blessed one i'm the one who's favored by god and all these other poor people just don't have it right like i do Mm -hmm. and really when you step back and look at that you see how much arrogance and how much like self-centeredness there is in that to think that of all the billions of people in the world i'm i'm the one who who got into you know, the in group somehow and everybody else yeah. is outside on their way to hell. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the way you just worded that, that ev- everybody in those different groups, whether you're a Mormon, a Jehovah's witness, even an evangelical Christian, uh, you know, what, wherever you're at, everybody is, is comforting themselves with that same sort of thought of right. I'm, I'm in the truth. I've got the truth. Mm-hmm. And those people over there are lost and I need to save yeah. them. And, and everybody's thinking that about each other. And so that doesn't necessarily mean that that you know there isn't truth to some of these these things, but it should at least make people step back and say, "How do I really know mm-hmm. that what I'm believing is true?" Because everybody thinks that what they believe is true. So how do I know I got it right? Mm-hmm. And it, it's and that's kind of where where you got. So I think that that's great that you were able to recognize that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just so much. Like I, again, I never thought I'd be in this position even till now. Like I could, I haven't opened my Bible, like all the stuff, like I have a world mission society bag and all the stuff that I have, like they're still intact. Like my veil, my new song, the Bible, all of that. Like I have, I have not yet to open a Bible because like, it's still fresh to me. Um, I cannot hear a verse without thinking about how they would like interpret that verse. Yep. So I'm, I'm still in a, and I guess I'm still healing. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one thing I think is that people probably hearing some of what was just said, members will say, you know, okay, so you're just, basically just leading people away from God. And, and I think just, you know, that that's not, that's not even what I see you doing. I don't see you running away from God right now. You know, you're not just going into this godless place, but you're, you're just, you're going into a place of more, I think, honesty and intellectual integrity and, and just even being able to be in a place to say, you know, you're looking for the truth, you know, and, and if God wants you to find truth, then, then it really is on him. And so right. I guess, I guess I just wanted to put that disclaimer in there that this, this isn't, you know, this is a push for people to just not, not continue to swallow, you know, things that um, they're just being told to swallow and, and they're not really, they don't really have a rational reason to continue to believe what they're believing or do what they're doing. Um 
I think if the Bible is true and if God is who he says he is, then, and if the truth is the truth, then it, it, it should be able to hold up to scrutiny, to examination and to, you know, mm-hmm. hard questions. Um, that so, part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're out of the group. You're still wrestling with some things. Um, what, I guess what's been like the hardest part so far of, of, being out and i guess what are some of the things that you feel like you have gained some healing in that i've gained healing in yeah um honestly i wouldn't say um just me being able to talk about it and accept that i was in a cult Mm -hmm. because I remember preaching to certain people sometimes, like especially people that are close to me and they would tell me, this sounds like a cult. And I would tell them, no, like that's what a lot of people say, but it's, it's really not a cult. You know, what is a cult, you know? And for me to come to term that, yeah, Berdine, you was in a cult, you know, that's, that's like a lot for me and I'm okay. So I'm accepting that and I'm moving forward from that. Um, so that's, that's one. I, and the second thing is just accepting, accepting that I can't get the years that I've lost back. You know, at least I'm out now and this is, I have a chance to really live my life and not, really feel like I'm in bondage anymore. Like, because that's what it felt like, you know, I was constantly just trying to work, trying to prove to God how sorry I am for what I, whatever that I did to him in heaven that I don't even know, right. you know? Right. And you that's know, that, that, can, that makes me bitter at times, you know, that still yeah. makes me bitter. Yeah. And you're, you're totally justified to feel, I mean, that I, I, I I can hardly contain emotions sometimes listening to your guys' story because that kind of, it's just abusive, that, that sort of, yeah, what, wherever it exists inside a religious system, that sort of doctrinal teaching that gets put in people's minds, people who are in susceptible places in their lives where, where they can be told, you know, a certain theological propositions that basically lead to, to conclude that if I don't, behave in ways a b and c mm-hmm. i'm going to end up in an eternity of fire right. you know burning me and then i've i've listened recently to some of Juchol kim's sermons where he goes into gory detail about what hell is like which is just it's just such a load of baloney but uh mm-hmm. it's just it's abusive i mean there's really in in you know every aspect of the word that's what it is and so in, in so many ways you were spiritually and emotionally abused and so it's um totally okay to feel whatever you feel um after that yeah and i know especially right now with the quote-unquote war that's going on in russia and ukraine i know they're using that like they are on that like they're out they're using that to get people in because 
I, I did it when Trump was president. I was try, I was using that to scare people and to like really come, like come receive the water of life. You know, World War Three is the last war before you know God comes back. So like now that you know there's rumors of war with what is going on right now, I know like they're they're using that a lot. Like they're using that to their advantage right now. So just beware for people that are hearing this Mm -hmm. don't be surprised so you would you say then that you you recognize or saw as a member how they relied on fear as a motivator yeah i i I did it i did it unknowingly you know um but yeah they they use that a lot you know fear just yeah fear Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a very useful tool to manipulate people and to get them to do what you want. Mm-hmm. If you can get them to be afraid of something and then convince them that you're the one who has the solution to whatever it is you've now convinced them to fear, especially when it's some obscure thing, you know, like going back to what you were just mentioning, this this supposed sin in heaven that that like you just said you don't even know what it was but they kind of start out with, with laying this guilt trip on you just to yeah. tell you how terrible, terrible of a person you are, how horrible these horrible things you've done so that you kind of get in this position of feeling this guilt. Like you have now right. this debt, you got to pay back somehow. Mm-hmm. And, and then you're just kind of willing to do whatever for this, yeah. you know, elderly Korean woman in South Korea and this dead, dead dude who, you know, didn't believe 90% of the things that this church teaches. In the right. It's <laughs> just crazy to me. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, and I, it's crazy how, like, they really use that and beat up the members with that saying how, like, you have to repay father and mother, you know, for all that they've sacrificed for you. Um, how, like, father... Um, oh, like climb mountains in the heat and in the snow to save souls. It's like, you know, basically we have to relive that life that he did for us to be justified. When really there's pictures online of Aung San Hong enjoying his time in the lake, having a three-tier birthday cake. Where are those pictures? <laughs> well, you know, I'm not... Right? Yeah, and I'm not like a... Uh, expert or a psychologist or relational therapist or anything, but I would, you know, what you're describing there seems like really similar to, you know, descriptions I've heard of like um, just abusive style relationships, even if it's between like an abusive husband and wife and, and just the sort of the dynamics that will go on there where, you know, the husband will lay on these guilt trips of, you know, I do all these things. I, I work, I work hard to, you know, to, to, you know, provide for this family and, and whatnot and, and, and kind of uses this sort of guilt trip to um, justify and convince the other one to remain in this relationship, even if he continues to, you know, even in the midst of the abuse that might be going on there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, you know, that really what I feel like what the church of God is doing with that is no different. It's just, it's just sort of another, uh, you know, more large scale version of something like that where guilt and, um, you know, 
yeah, all, all that guilt is kind of just used guilt as a fear. manipulative tool. Yeah. To convince the other person to continue to, you know, do what they want um, mm-hmm. them to do. It's messed up. <laughs> it's pretty messed up. It really is. And I just also want to use this to also apologize to to also apologize to my family, to my friends. Um, I thought I was doing what was right, you know. Um, I really wanted to save them. So I, I want to apologize for creating whatever it is that I created. I, I want to take this time and apologize. You know, one of the things that... I care about my family a lot and I used to write to mother a lot to save them. You know, like one of the pictures that I sent was like Siri suggesting me to write a letter to mother. That's how much I write to her, (laughs) you know? Um, And it's just, it's just really messed up. Like I didn't, I can't believe that was me then. But I was so disconnected to so much that I, I, I thought what I was doing was right, you know. Um, and people who are in the church can relate to this, too. You yourself, you sacrifice. So in hope that you will save your family through your sacrifice, you know. One prime example, I remember it was a Sabbath day and my two year old nephew, I think he was two at the time or younger. I'm not sure. Um, he was sick and he needed to go to the emergency room. And I guess I was the only reliable person to take him to the emergency room. I flat out declined. I said, no, like I can't take him to the emergency room. And I love my nieces and nephews. Like, you know, like for me to, he's two, you know, and in my head, I thought I was doing the right thing, you know, because I had to keep the Sabbath. Like I, I feel, I feel so bad about it till till this day. I, I feel it's like one of the many scenarios of like things that I probably have done to my family unknowingly because of this cold. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Well, there's no, you know, I think there's very few members who are in this group. Very few people who I would say are bad people in any way. And that's certainly not you at no point. Were you, um, were you, or are you bad for doing what you did? You know, this group kind of, um, jumps on the opportunity of people's goodness. It almost seems like, like they, they, people's good intentions and their, you know, good desire to be, to be a good person or to, to be reconciled with God or to, you know, help their, their family to, avoid you know hell and they use all that and kind of you know all that that desire inside a person and they kind of manipulate it into the direction they want it to go to serve you know the purpose of the church and so yeah. that um you know you, and most you of them they don't do it was right uh, most of them they don't do it like knowingly you know, yeah, they do absolutely. it unknowingly. And I, I also like this is not to bash, 
you know, this group at all. You know, this is me practicing my freedom of speech and sharing my story. Like people can do whatever you want because at the end of the day, it's still your life. You know, um, just choose wisely. But the people themselves, like they are like one of the nicest, best people that I would say I'll, I'll meet. But outside of the group, you don't have a connection. So they're not doing that intentionally. They think that they're doing that to save you, but really they're damaging you. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even as an example, those who are going out and preaching, you know, and, and going out and many people will be annoyed by when they're approached by, by these people and, and they're not though doing so, um, you know, out of any other place, but for, I think, uh, in, in most cases, a genuine concern for the people they're preaching to. Yeah. And also, in, in many cases, a genuine concern, unfortunately, for their own souls, fearing right. that if they aren't preaching enough and doing what they're supposed to be doing, then, you know, they aren't secure themselves. And so, yeah, really, it's just this unfortunate scenario that is under underlining all of it at fault is not the the individual members even the ones right now listening to this video and mm -hmm. and you know having all sorts of horrible things to say about both you and me um i don't fault them even you know i know that they are just products of the the brainwashing and the, right. the programming and the manipulation that they've been subjected to and, and, but they, you know, I think 99% of them are good people with good intentions. Right. And the thing is like, you know, whenever they teach you about heavenly family and all that, you know, they also teach you like, if someone was talking bad about your parents, would you just sit there and allow them to talk about your parents, bad about your parents? No, you would take up for them. So, yeah, this is the where like the members that you see on the comments that are like just like being defensive. That's what they're doing, because in their mind, they think they're protecting Heavenly Mother, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and another thing is when I started watching your videos before I decided to leave the verses that you guys use. And this is this is what makes it so complicated, because it's not that we don't know those verses that you guys use to like mm -hmm. tell us, Hey, you guys are wrong. No, we know those verses. Like we'll probably find those verses before you do, but it's just the way that they interpret it and the way that it sticks to those members. Like we hear what you're saying, but we know how it's interpreted to us. So that's why it's kind of hard for like a member to hear what you're saying and really give thought to it because they already know what you're saying. If that makes sense. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I feel like most of the, I would say probably the vast majority of people who are like really significantly impacted by the videos. It's, it's a lot less about me and it's a lot less even probably the moments where it's just me talking about the Bible and more like your s story where you're hearing the, the personal stories of other people who have walked in your shoes, who have been where you've been. And because that's a whole other level of just that testimony or that witness being just a whole other level of compelling and meaningful to you. Um, yeah, that totally makes sense. So go ahead. Did you have something? No, sorry. Okay. Well, well, I was going to ask you 
you said that one part that's been difficult for you coming out is now like you're, you're kind of finally coming to terms that this is a cult. Mm -hmm. And so you said that kind of in the past when people, your friends would say, you know, this sounds like a cult, you would kind of defend it and, and say, you know, well, what even is a cult and, and so on. And so I guess, again, going back to, I know that there's going to be members listening or, or even, you know, half members who are kind of half in and half out at this point listening, but are probably going to have that same sort of like defensive response come up in them when, when they're hearing us, you know, reference this group as being a cult over and over again. And so as you look back on it now, as you kind of, now that you're maybe at a, uh, you are at a, a, distance from this group being able to look back and see more of the full picture of it what why are why do you call it a cult like what are some of the characteristics that you see in it that you would say identify it as a cult you don't think for yourself you think you do but you're not thinking for yourself you know everything that you do it has you basically need approval when you're a grown person you know um like you constantly have to like report to someone like they're basically controlling you without you feeling like you're being controlled. So hmm. like, think about that though. Like what freedom you don't have the freedom to think and do like, not, I wouldn't say as you please, because they will probably think like, Oh, if you do as you please, you're thinking about the flesh, blah, 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 blah. No, just like simple, like just the smallest thing, you know, like you have to report everything, every detail you have to report to the person that is above you. Why am I at work? Is church work now? So you don't have the, you think you, you may think you have the freedom, but you really don't have the freedom. And the sooner you just like, when you distance yourself from the group, then that's when you start realizing that. So you definitely saw aspects of mind control. in this uh, Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So do you, um, I guess, did you feel like, um, in the WMSCOG, you had peace, assurance, you know, all this work you were doing, it, um, you're talking about kind of having to constantly worry and, and do all that you could do, try your best and, and put in all, all your time to make sure you were proving how sorry you were to mother and father and basically trying to earn, you know, earn the wages of forgiveness of your yeah. sins. Um, did you ever reach a point where you felt at peace with God, where you felt like you, you were good to go and you, you just had assurance and confidence? I did. I, I really felt like if I die today, I know where I'm going and I would be like, and even the young adults, like they would be like, you know, father, please come, you know, they're ready to go. And that's how I felt. Um, you know, that's how I felt then. Uh, I remember when I watched Edgar's um, testimony with you and how for him, you know, it wasn't until the end he felt like he didn't have that peace. But, you know, and to me, that's I'm not saying I'm an atheist. You know, I believe in God. I wouldn't be here. 
but that's what really bothers me even till now because like it's hard for me to relate to the Christian God if I'm being honest because I felt that I like I thought I was good like I, I felt that in my soul like if I die today I know I'm going to heaven you know I felt peace you know at times like it would just be me and I'm talking to God like you know I'm talking to father and mother <laughs> you know and just be having those conversations with them you know just praying to myself praying to them you know like trying to build up my faith like yeah I felt that you know and I can it's still fresh and that's how I can like I don't know if you can feel the emotions that I'm feeling because it's still fresh I remember how I felt so that's how it's that's why it's hard for me now to like relate with the Christian God because like for them you know they believe Jesus and there's no other way other than Jesus 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 but that's how I felt in the World Mission Society Church of God if that makes yeah. sense so how can you discern exactly if, if both are kind of having these same sort of experiences right how can you discern that one is one has got it right and the other has mm -hmm. got it wrong yeah yeah I can I can relate to that a hundred percent because you know that's actually something that you're you're kind of articulating struggles that I've had deep struggles in my own faith and things that have really been stirred up even more so by having conversations like this because yeah. because I've had those same experiences you know with God and these these moments of just feeling so deeply connected and this deep sense of peace and just confidence of the truth and but then I've looked over at people like you who are in a completely different belief system supposedly having the same or at least very similar things and the same sort of level of confidence about what you're believing and sort of the path you're in. And, and so it just kind of becomes this thing of like, is this just kind of a big, you know, guessing game then? Yeah. And, and I do think there is something to getting down to, you know, differences between, okay, well, you know, both in any sort of system, whether you're in an Alcoholics Anonymous class or a religion or anything is it can have certain Ex, you know, experiences of peace and, and emotional responses. But I think what matters to me, and I guess what's continued to make me look at Christianity and, and still take it seriously is looking down at the bottom of those, you know, and, and I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't base, and I don't think we should base our faith on those experiences. And I think that's what gets a lot of people in trouble in a sense thinking that okay since i had this experience therefore that proves that what i'm doing is right that's right yeah um, more mormons base their whole you know trying to get people into the faith by saying go and read the bible and ask god to give you an experience that tells you the book of mormon is true and so so i think the basis of truth has to be more than that it has to be what's what's the grounding of this belief you know and so I guess with Christianity, you know, at the bottom of it, it's a claim about a historical event. You know, it, Christianity rises or falls on whether or not a Jewish man walked out of a grave 2000 years ago. If that didn't happen as a historical fact, then, you know, my feelings and your feelings about any of that don't really matter because it's mm -hmm. false. Um, and so I guess when I examine the, you know, the WMSCOG claims, for instance, against you know, the claims of Christianity, which Christianity at this point is such a loaded word with so much baggage. I don't even like using it really, but um, I guess being a follower of, you know, this 
Jesus guy. I guess I see that that's one thing I still see a difference in is it seems like at the basis of the WMSCOG, you can unpack it and see like, man, this thing is not, it's sitting on like rusty legs that are just, you know, there's nothing there. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know people would say there's nothing there with Christianity as well. And, and, you know, that's, that's not a discussion we're having, but I, yeah, I, definitely interesting thoughts that, that you're sharing there stuff that I can relate to. And I'm in a deep process of wrestling with all those things myself. So. Man. <sighs> it's, it's tough, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Cause belief in God is, is such a deep, the important thing and it sounds like it has yeah. been in life it is and I the part that still gets me is that I didn't ask to be here you know if I had a choice just like you know they claim that we all have a choice I would choose not to yep. be here leave me where I was before you decided to create me because now it still feels like I have to prove something when I know deep down in my soul, I'm a great person. You know, I don't, I, my heart is pure. I don't have, like, I wish everybody to be great, you know, for everyone to be great. So now I have, I didn't ask to be here one, but now that I am here because of a sin that Adam and Eve committed, supposedly, now I have to suffer and this is another reason why, like, you know, at the beginning, I used to, like, wrestle within myself. Like, I know, you know, the world Mission society, Church of God is wrong. Their doctrine is wrong. But then, like, I used to question, am I making the right decision? Did I make the right choice? You know, but then I would think about all the other things that are just proven false. And I'm like, yeah, I made the right choice. But then... I would think again, like, then, you know, why am I here? Like, is it true that I did commit a sin in heaven? Things like that. So, and that's why I still feel like, you know, a little bitter till this day, because again, I didn't ask to be here, but now I, I am here and I have to like prove to God something so that I can go to heaven. Yeah. Yeah. No, it that doesn't make sense, sense to me. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not saying it, that makes sense. I'm saying what you're saying makes makes sense, by the way. But yeah. yeah, I think, and that's something that um, I would say that's, you know, there's in Christianity, you know, that would be called the doctrine of original sin that uh, for the most part, even from a biblical standpoint, I would reject that notion that, you know, because Adam and Eve sinned, now I'm guilty because yeah. of something they did. And I, I think that that's one, just false on just, rational moral levels but also on a, just a biblical basis i think that that's not even what the bible teaches i think the bible certainly does not teach anything about you know us being guilty of some supposed mysterious sin that we committed in heaven mm -hmm. um that's it's just crazy you know the wmscog who claims to be you know have the truth of god and, and so biblically based and solid i mean i'm I'm still waiting for the Bible verse that tells us that we sinned in heaven <laughs> and that that's why we were sent to yeah. earth, you know. I uh, think they use um, the verse in Revelation where it says, um, you know, Satan was thrown down and all his angels with him. So, uh -huh. yeah, that's us. 
That's 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 okay. what they use. Yeah. yeah. Well, I could, I could just as easily say that was all the stray cats that were picked up by the humane society in the world. You know, like I've got just as much evidence to say that as you have to say that it's us. You so. know, which makes a lot of sense because that's how that's what made me start thinking about like what sense does this make? Again, going back to um, heavenly family and earthly family. So it's like, yeah, heavenly family and earthly family. Okay, that makes sense. Do we have heavenly uncles and aunts too? Yeah. Why is it just right. subjected to just yeah. heavenly parents? But, you know, that's or a copy and shadow of what is in heaven. <laughs> yeah, that's a valid question. A valid question that remains unanswered. <laughs> Which will remain unanswered. That will remain unanswered. Absolutely. But, you know, I, I think, yeah, for, um, I know this is, this is an interview about you, but I think kind of, I can just relate to a little bit of even where you're at with what you're saying with faith is it's just kind of this, you know, difficult, uh, situation to be in where, you know, faith in God is such a valuable part of your life and has been. And, and, um, but at the same time, um, you see so many issues with, with, you know, at least issues with the uh, many of the beliefs that you've come from. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, at least for myself, I, I, I have it, I have a really hard time of thinking that I could, you know, even on a rational level, take a step into something like atheism to say that there is no God and have mm -hmm. any sort of confidence in that. You know, I don't, I don't feel like I could wake up and look around at the reality I'm in every day and say that there's no, at the bottom level of it, there's right. really no meaning. There's really no purpose. There's really right. no good or evil. Those are all just, you know, there human constructs yeah. um, that really, you know, like I, it just feels like I, I, there's almost a self evidence that there is good and real good, real evil. There is real meaning and, and, and all that in life. And I have a hard time grounding that in anything, but a, a uh, creator that lives outside of our space-time reality and so i can't say i don't believe in god because i'm here i had to be created but besides that there's like a big question mark yep and i think that's an okay place to be i think um yeah and i i hope you can learn more and more to relax and let your mind kind of be free from all the doctrines that I think have plagued you and plagued so many other people. And I know still have the opportunity at probably times to come in and kind of make you feel, um, I, I, I guess I wonder if you could relate to that because I know other members, you know, even years out of being in the, the church of God will still have moments of hearing a verse or hearing something that'll kind of make them feel fearful and say, Oh, did I make the wrong decision? Am I going yeah. to hell? And, and all that. Do you feel like you still have those moments? Um, right now? No. Um, I'm still coming to terms with a lot of things. Like, like I know for a fact that group is not the truth. So what I'm focusing on right now um, is just taking life day by day, you know? Again, I know like within me, I mean, I have my flaws, but I'm not an evil person. So um, 
I don't know. I guess we'll just cross that bridge whenever we get to it. But right now, I'm not there. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of find myself resting in the kind of idea and the concept that, again, I, I think if um, anybody has something to say about God, I, I still think it's Jesus. <laughs> and when I think about Jesus and how he talked about God being a God who's merciful and, you know, even on the, the wicked and the unjust and people who, who you know, don't love him back and he still loves them back. Um, you know, and this idea that God is a father, a loving father who gives, um, who gives freely. Uh, I guess I find comfort in, in that, that if I, I believe that, you know, God is, um, if God is like a father, then I feel like there's nothing to fear about being in a place of being uncertain and having a lot of questions and not knowing exactly where you're at and where you're going, because if God is a good father, then again, I think the burden of figuring all that out shouldn't be on the child. (laughs) It's on the dad. That's very true. Yeah. So um, a few, a few more questions and then I'll, I'll, we'll wrap this up, but I I'm curious, I guess, how, as you kind of were in the process of leaving, did you express doubts and concerns to leaders or other members? And then how did they respond to your questions? I did. Um, like the pictures that I sent you with like, you know, me and the veil, um, when we knew basically, um, we couldn't keep service anymore at the church. I mean, face to face anymore. Um, and we had to keep them, um, private service basically, you know, I was still that, you know, sister Berdine, um, who's in the truth following father and mother, you know, and you can actually see that on the picture. Cause like at, for every service, we have to take like a picture before service and send it to our group leader. And after the service, we have to take another picture and send it to our group leader as proof that we kept service, right? And, you know, I had, you know, my smile on and everything, but as towards the end, you could see, like I went back and I, I, I had those pictures and I was like, wow, you could see that I was like, I was over this. Cause like my smile was gone and I was just there, you know? Um, I'm sorry. What was the question again? <laughs> no. Well, just I'm just wondering, like you're um, in that process as you asked your as you kind of expressed questions. Oh yes, doubts, yes. How did they respond? So I did um, because they saw like a change in my behavior. So um, at first, I didn't want to tell them, you know, what was going on with me. I just wanted to figure it out myself. And um, whenever I told them, you know, I have questions. You know, it was mainly about Unsung Hong um, year of baptism because, you know, it shows that he wasn't baptized in 1948. So if he wasn't baptized in 1948, then who am I, who have I been praying to this whole time? You know? And so, you know, the excuse again was, yeah, you know, he wrote it in his Bible, but the records were burned in the fire. Um, and the, <laughs> yeah. So it was all those excuses, but then like it was one thing after another. 
And so they started studying with me again. And I'm like, you studying with me the same subjects that I know is not answering the doubts and the questions that I have. Like, you just can't, you know, like I've been a member from the beginning. So I know the process of when they feel like someone is, quote unquote, falling away. So they were basically doing that to me. And I know they were doing that to me. So it wasn't it wasn't working. Um and they were just like, yeah, you can just tell us, ask us, blah, 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 blah. And I did. But at the same time, I feel like there was no point because I know what you're going to do. Like, I've been there, you know, and it got to the point I remember um, uh, the sister, the leader, she was kind of she kind of expressed it wasn't like really frustration, but like I felt it was frustration in a way because it's been like months and I still wasn't back to the sister Berdine that they knew. It was just like, I'm just here. And she was like, I just want my sister Berdine back. It's been so many months. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, you know, so yeah, I did express that to them. But I know like they even discourage you. Like, let's say, because, you know, when they, whenever they're doing a study with you, they just flip from page to page to trying to connect right. the point. Right. They discourage you when you're studying with them or when you're listening to a sermon for you to keep reading the Bible. So now I see why, because they don't want you to see the full context of what it is. It's like, OK, if they say we're just going to read verse four, then read verse four and stop. If your eyes keeps wandering around and they see that, then that's a problem. So can you, you, you said they discouraged you from reading the whole context. So would they like explicitly tell you, hey, don't just read this verse. Don't look at any other verses around it. Or what did that look like? No, they wouldn't like they wouldn't tell you like in your face that. No, just keep reading it. But then like it was just like slick little comments or like slick little like side notes, mm -hmm. you know, like as if that was like a bad thing. Yeah. Just to try to get you to stay on, yeah, the verses yeah. that, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, because, you know, you, you could use their methodology of studying the Bible and prove that, you know, God is a, I mean, I, you could prove that God is actually a, a, a giant chicken that lives in heaven. And, and, you know, the only way to get saved is if you believe in his feathers or something mm -hmm. insane like that. I mean, you could use the Bible to, if you pick and choose verses, and then just kind of string them together like they do. I mean, you could, you could come up with anything. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it, it's a delusion to think as members have, have been convinced of that this group has some sort of profound, deep knowledge and understanding of the Bible because they just don't. They don't. But at the same time, you can like, if you, at the same time, you can see how, but but it's not, you know, I've come to the conclusion that they're just a church of analogies. That's that's really what they are. They have a lot of analogies that make sense. So then you're like, oh, yeah, you know, but. Yep. I was there, you know, like when yeah. studying about the it's seven thunders, and you're like, whoa, like yeah. oh, I was there. <laughs> yeah. They're good at what, at what they do, just like a magician is good at, at what he does. And, yeah. and, and 
you know, again, manipulating the situation to convince you of, of a reality that is not actually there. Right. Um, and so they're, they're very good at it. And so it's, yeah. So in saying that they're not biblical, it's not to, you know, demean anybody who believes, who has believed that, you know, it's, it's convincing and they're, they're, um, yeah, it, it, on the surface level, um, especially for those who don't really have any really deep background of the Bible or, or, you know, um, you know, understanding of, of the, the biblical context and the language it was written in and the, you know, anything surrounding that, you know, and you're just coming into it fresh as many, many members, you know, that's kind of when they're first coming into it, they're pretty new to the Bible. And so, you know, it makes sense why it would be convincing to as many people as it is. Um, but yeah, it, it's not, you know, if you really dig into it and you really step back and examine it, you're going to, you're going to see that there, there's a reason <laughs> that they, you know, try to keep you from reading the verses preceding yeah. or following the ones that they give you because they don't mm -hmm. want you to see what the Bible actually teaches. Yeah. Which is, is very con like contradicting in a way because they don't want that. But at the same time, they still do encourage you to like study the Bible. But studying the Bible is like fathers, the green book and the, the 50 subjects, you know. Right. <laughs> so, Bernine, what are kind of your next steps? What what direction are you going now? What kind of looking ahead? What's. What's in store for you? Um, finding, I'm, I'm finding myself. I'm getting, you know, finding who I am really outside of the church back, you know, um, living life, um, not feeling guilty about anything, you know, about the job that I have, uh, about having to give everything that I have to the church no, like I'm focusing on me building a future for myself, you know, outside of the church. That's great. I'm very glad to hear that. Uh, are there any any final things you'd want to say? Any last words you'd want to say? Either to, um, to if you're young, yes, I, I kind of have a few. Uh -huh. um, if you're young, especially if you're going to college, beware because they're everywhere, but they're, they're looking for young adults, you know, who don't really have responsibilities. Um, so if you're in college, um, they'll, be, they'll be preaching in your campus. So don't, don't take this lightly. Like, just know you, before you make a decision or before you decide to go with this group, know what you're willing to give up because your life is just going to go down the drain and your twenties are like basically the, the best years of your life. You know, for me, I was, I, I joined the church when I was what, 22, 23. So, um, and that is just all gone. I can't get that back. And they basically will discourage you from pursuing what, makes you happy you know if you want to go to school for something that you're truly passionate about they don't even encourage you really to go to school for something that you're passionate about you know because fa father is coming so think about that 
Um, and for members that are still in the church or even people that were don't understand the World Mission Society Church of God, like we're regular people. Don't think that, that this can't happen to you, you know, like I've met some of the smartest people in this group. Like it doesn't have, you don't have to be dumb for you to be trapped in this cult. Like this can happen to anyone. So don't think that, oh, they're just gullible. They're just this and that. No, it can really happen to anyone. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me continue to do what you're doing because you may not see it, but it's people like me. Um, you know, it's a it's a slow process, but you know, it's it's working. And don't be discouraged, you know, like <sighs> this this group is a is a tough one, you know. One thing that made me realize, like amongst a lot of things that made me realize like this is not it, you know. I seen the video of um Rebecca on the Today Show. I don't know if you've seen that one and how like, you know, they had the hidden camera. And I'm like, what God would want you to act like that, you know? And I've also seen like um, the video of mother talking to Diane, Deaconess Diane. And I'm like, so this is supposed to be God? Like, you know, these things are available to you. Don't be scared to go out and look for yourself because them putting that fear into you is them not wanting you to leave. So don't be scared. I was one of those whenever I hear mother's mother on the phone, I would start crying. Like I would, I was one of those who would start crying whenever I hear her on the phone. And I realized every time I hear her on the phone, she says the same thing. Like it's like a broken record. She said the same thing. And I'm like, that's supposed to be God. Like you bear fruit. We're going to heaven soon. Father's coming. Like the same thing. So I'm sorry, I'm getting off track. But yes, thank no, you not for at what all. you're not doing. Um, you know, it's people like you that make us that just realize that just think outside of the box, really. Hmm. Um, for me, it was this and the pandemic because during the pandemic, I had a lot of time to spend with my family. And that's what really opened up my heart to like, to just realize like, there's more to life than me enslaving myself because I got to be with my family and see another side of them that I enjoy. So thank you for what you're doing and your work is not in vain.